हाई दिस इज अमिताभ दिस इज सेवेंथ ऑफ सेप्टेम्बर अराउंड फाइव पी एम इन द इवनिंग दिस इज अ कंटिन्यूएशन ऑफ अ सीरीज ऑफ पोस्ट ऑन द सब्जेक्ट ऑफ मैन वॉक्स इन टू रेबिट होल वॉट वी ट्राइंग टू रियली एक्सप्लोर इन मैन वॉक्स इन टू रेबिट होल इज द वेरियस काइंड ऑफ डायलमस और ऑब्जर्वेशंस वी मेक इन लाइफ वी एज एन ऑल ऑफ आस मेक इन लाइफ एंड हाउ दैट सक्सेस इन टू इन टू इन टू a loop right and a loopy kind of thought process that uh, some of these are very difficult to solve so some of them are ethical some of them are controversial uh, but today i'm not going to talk about any of this uh, especially i don't think i'm going to talk about anything controversial and i would say anybody who's looking to understand the deeper motivations of us trying to do this conversation should listen to episode 1 which is i think a good summary of what our thought process was uh what i'm going to try and talk today this hopefully is a short uh, short snippet but uh, really wanted to talk to uh talk a bit about the book again which is salt houses by hala alian which i had spoken about a few days ago uh so yesterday night i reread the last 20 or 30 pages of this book now why did i reread it reread it uh, uh the last 20 or 30 pages of this book are quite an exquisite meditation of what aging and confronting your own mortality could be right uh, definitely was for me i mean it made a huge impact on me uh and i have a side story on this uh, a strange side story but somewhere where i when i was in my very early 20s which is probably about 20 years prior to today uh i encountered uh, what can be described as a near death or a, or a or a quasi death experience right and uh, what it did for me was it made me question a lot of very basic things around me right like the nature of how fragile things are or how uh how uh, uh how, how brittle the balance is i mean the balance in this universe is extremely brittle the balance in each of our little worlds is extremely shaky and uh, all it takes is for ra- one random butterfly event for you to be thrown completely out of gear uh so that that really is a broad topic and someday i'll i'll i obviously intend or hope to revisit that conversation at some point uh but coming back so i read this book and i read about uh, the last 30 pages and uh i would strongly recommend it for anybody who's looking into a strange exploration of uh, age uh, aging mortality and what what life in the end could be right uh th- there are th- the second part of the book and i said this 3 4 days ago so the second part of the book is is uh, stunningly well written the first part of the book is fairly slow it's a fairly slow build up there's a lot of uh, details which probably we don't need to know if 
all you are interested is in the second part of the book uh so let me start with a quick passage right uh, from the book and then maybe i can just share my quick thoughts and ideas around this right uh so the background to this is uh, there is uh, a lady uh, her name is alia or alia however is the right pronunciation and uh, she is not the first generation person described in the book so she's actually a second generation so the story really starts from her mother and their family and uh, towards the end of this book uh, Alia suffers or or begins to suffer from Alzheimer's and she is now beginning to lose memory at quite a dramatically fast paced uh, uh fast paced run and uh, she's now beginning to uh, for all practical purposes uh, mix up things right so she's now while from from what is in the book you would guess she's in her 70s or 60s or 80s uh, but she's thinking about events which happened in her 20s so that's the background to this passage and uh, her husband uh, who has had uh, strange secrets strange but simple secrets in his own life uh, which also involve the family uh while he is a very understated very warm very uh very uh, accommodating kind of husband and human being like even with his children he's extremely he's like the father i want to be like he's he's an extremely loving and a caring father to his children uh so he's never really been uh totally madly in love with alia but he's never really uh, been uh, ever antagonistic to alia as well so this is the background and then at some point as he sees her deteriorate uh, he is meeting with uh, four of his grandchildren and the grandchildren uh, are uh, are beginning to in some form or shape pity him right and i could relate to even this aspect so this is all the background to the passage which i'm still which i've still not spoken about but i could relate to this right we tend to pity like i tend to sometimes i hate admitting this but i tend to sometimes pity my own elders right my parents my brother and i pity not in a literal sense so it's it might not just be pity but i judge them right i basically say look in my head i'm going like why can't you understand this why can't you just get the basics like why are you not reading science and this is all happening in my head versus externally i'm extremely respectful because they're still my family and more than my family it's not about my versus yours or versus somebody else right i want to be respectful to them they 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 they've been the people who are responsible for who i am today and they have also been the resp- uh, people who are responsible for everything in my life including my studies my basics my values and my values absolutely teach me to be very respectful to uh 
to to my elders so 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 that's really the uh, background and uh, and at some point uh, uh they they start talking and they are, they're pitting their uh, they start pitting their uh, uh their grandfather and uh, he goes into what is considered a uh, 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 a very uh, self observational self aware kind of mode right and uh, they all ask him things like uh, not ask him but they implicitly ask are asking him things like what's up with you why are you so down uh is this what life is supposed to be and he's thinking about this so he's not answering so here comes the passage so i gave a good 3 minute prelude to just the passage but i wanted people to understand what this book is trying to talk about right so here comes the passage 1 uh, 2 3 uh so he's thinking uh what is a life what is a life a series of yeses and nos comma photographs you show in a drawer somewhere comma loves you think will save you but that cannot full stop continuing to move comma enduring not stopping even when there is pain full stop that's all life is it's he wants to tell her full stop it's just about continuing and continuing is in italics so i'll now read it without the commas and the full stops right because it's this is a very beautiful poetic passage in writing but it's very hard to convey in reading so let me try this again right what is a life question mark a series of yeses and nos photographs you show in a drawer somewhere loves you think will save you but that cannot continuing to move enduring not stopping even when there is pain that's all life is he wants to tell her is continuing that's uh, that's the end of the passage i mean that's all i wanted to uh, read up uh, uh one last thing right so uh, before i kind of conclude for today or for this episode or this conversation uh for some strange reason as i was reading this yesterday and and i i really cannot think of how our brains work right i came up with a strange memory i must have been about 8 or 9 or maybe maybe 9 years old definitely not 10 definitely not in the double digits and i used to live in a small uh, lower middle class place in uh, in just on the outskirts of bombay and uh, i i used to be a fairly lonely child uh, for many reasons one i was a bit of an introvert but also we didn't have too many people surrounding us in uh, in where we lived i mean not not too many children of my age or not too many people i could f- be friendly with or whatever 
uh, I used to uh, cycle around a lot, which means I used to take a bicycle and cycle around a lot. And in those days, my parents were completely comfortable with me taking the bicycle and driving around uh, the place I used to live. So I used to go as far as sometimes three, five, ten kilometers away from home. And my parents seemed completely okay with about it. I have no idea how that would fit into the modern world today. Uh, I used to do something very unusual. Uh, so what I used to do is uh, in about a 10 meter radius, uh, I had this habit of driving the cycle in circles. So I would just keep incessantly driving in circles. And uh, I can still do it. Like even at this age, I can incessantly drive the cycle in circles. I don't suffer from uh, loss of balance or giddy or whatever other senses which people struggle with when they keep doing this kind of repetitive physical action. The reason I remembered this, or actually I don't know the reason I remembered this, but uh, when I remembered this, what also struck me in my head as I was reading this yesterday night was a very pleasant feeling. I mean, a feeling of... Like, did I, as an eight or nine-year-old then, driving my cycle in circles, know that this is what my 44, 45-year-old version would be? And while that's a very simple thought, it's also a very... Uh, it's a very poignant or a very uh, it's a it's a very rabbit holeish kind of thought like what my world was so much simpler my world was so much nicer my world was a world i want to go back to if i am given a choice and yet today i'm here and and i am a product of my choices which means i didn't reach here because somebody forced me to be here i am here because i wanted to be here uh, and that's a very strange part of life it's a very strange part of how we age and how we are uh, how we grow older and how we confront our own mortality and how we can confront our own passage through lives right and uh, the other thing which struck me yesterday night, and this is my final thought, was in the larger context. And this is a question which I must have asked myself 50,000 times in the last 20 years, if not more. In the larger context, does anything I do today matter? Right? And I'll save it for another day. There is a lot of thoughts to be shared there. But uh, for now... Uh, that's all. Uh, thanks for hear me, hearing me out. And uh, as I said, this is not supposed to be a one-way street. Unfortunately, the medium is more a one-way medium. Uh, but to write in, uh, let's have a chat. Let's let's figure out our blind spots. Uh, write in at amitab.mwrh at gmail.com. So it's amitab.mwrh a-M-I-T-A-B-H dot M-W-R-H at the rate gmail.com. So do write in uh, and uh, thank you all. It's a wrap.